Welcome to a special weekend edition of The Road to Reality. Our message is the continuation of overcoming discouragement. First, we want to take special time on this broadcast to bring you an update on the effects of the COVID-19 crisis in Asia and the work GFA is doing there. GFA and their field partners have entered into an all-out crisis response mode to immediately help the most destitute, the beggars who now have no way of receiving alms, the daily laborers without jobs, people living on the street, and anyone else in need. Throughout our program today, we'll give you information about supporting this crucial GFA outreach. And now, here's our teacher, K.P. O'Hannon, with the message, Overcoming Discouragement. Christianity has become such a hopeless religion because we interpret Christianity and following Christ with man's teachings and illusions, especially in American or Western culture. And so God is someone we interpret what he's supposed to be, and Christ is someone we interpret how he must be, and we interpret our life, what is supposed to be based on our beliefs. But that is not the ancient faith. This is the reason why sometimes I'm more than angry on the inside when I talk about these phony plastic preachers or all these nutcases. They are young and arrogant and immature. They have no clue about the journey people of God made throughout the years of human history. And that's the reason sometimes I warn you people not to be persuaded by all this phoniness going around because we are in a spiritual warfare. This is not a joke. To escape from discouragement and troubles and agony is not offered in the scripture. Nor did Jesus was spared from it. But then another reason is simply we face discouragement because we expect from other people, people, I mean, we are social beings. You are not a monkey made to live on an island by yourself. We are social beings. Our friends and relatives and brothers and sisters and family members, husbands and wives, and people around us that we count on because our lives only become whole with other people. But then all of a sudden, somebody who was smiling at us yesterday, today they are angry with us and they misunderstand. Jeremiah had the same thing. He says, everyone mock at me, chapter 20, verse 10. And I have no doubt you have right now, whether you know it or not, people in your life that you feel so discouraged by because you imagine what they're thinking about you, which they are not imagining. But the enemy is very clever. He says, you walk through that hallway. Did you see him come against you? And he didn't even say a word. He looked down and looked away. See, I told you yesterday, he's mad at you. And now you go and sit at your desk and say, I knew that. And all of a sudden, the movie starts. The truth of matter is, the poor me, I was agonizing over my problems. I didn't want to look at you and for you to see how desperate I am. And I tried to hide my face and run. But all of a sudden, you interpret it differently. But another reason we know why we had to deal with this opposition from the enemy, demons. When you read in Job's life, chapter 1 of the book of Job, retrospectively, we know what happened. 
But Job had no clue. Did you know that? He said, anywhere read, God came and said, Shh, Job, I just talked to you something very important. What God? But don't let anybody hear. He said, God, yeah, I will not tell anyone. What is it? Shh, be careful. Just come and close the door. So a demon cannot hear you. I just want you to know, last week, Satan came in front of the throne and he talked to me. He talked to me about you. And he said, he's going to come after you. But Job, just, I want you to know, I'm going to stand by you. You will not die. All the problems you'll face. But be firm and pretend by faith everything is okay. <laughs> that would have been nice. <laughs> but here is a God who said to Lucifer and the whole multiple billions of angels on the universe, there is one man on earth Above all, a righteous man. And then the poor man will go through watching all his children get killed. His material possessions destroyed overnight. And his health decays that his very close friends can't even be near him. He stinks so bad. And his wife, for the mercy she had toward him and said, I can't watch it anymore. The only way out, curse God and die. But we know what was the source because now we have the story. I want to ask you a question. Have you honestly, in the last one week or two weeks or one month, ever in the bathroom, in the kitchen, in your car, in the hallway, somewhere, have you ever stopped and said to yourself, my enemy is not people. My friends are doing well back home. What am I dealing with? This is the enemy. Have we ever been conscious about it? Most of you know. And no wonder why our brains are used at ping pong ball by the enemy. And I go through the same problem. And I'm quite quick in confessing my agony with you. But the Bible is given to us to continue to remind us that we are in the enemy's territory. And Daniel chapter 7 says, The purpose of demon Satan is to wear out the saints. You know, some of you husbands, I am not against wives. I am, wives, I am on your side. If you don't know me, you read all my books I write in India. I am the worst enemy of men in India because I'm a radio broadcast and TV. I always talk on the side of the woman. But I tell you, when God said, Adam, because you did not exercise your leadership, this is the curse that is upon you, I pronounce. Her desire shall be for you. Some innocent people who read that thing said, oh, this wife is going to be after me for sex every hour of the day. It is not talking about sex. There's only one meaning in the scripture. You can go and study any language you want. It is her emotions and subliminal that no man has. She will use her tears, emotions, nagging, reasoning, weeping, 
withholding to control you, eventually you will follow her and she will become your leader. So what does that mean? Wearing out the saints. But I'm telling you, the enemy will use anything he can, including wife or children or husband or circumstances, simply to wear out the saints. It is like an axe. It may be dull, but he'll keep hacking and he will never give up until the tree falls. And you need to be militant and say, here I stand because I know this is what my God is saying. I've been married long enough. You don't believe me? Ask my wife, she will tell you. We don't talk much about our life as a family. Maybe someday I'll write a book about it. But I'm telling you, I am determined by God's grace to follow him. Whether she follow me or children follow me or the world follow me. And thank God, she's determined to do the same thing. Why I'm saying this to you? Life is a perpetual discouragement and battle. And what you see with your eyes and feel with your senses is not actually what is behind the scene. It is demons and powers of darkness. When Peter came to Jesus and said, Jesus, <laughs> I love you so much. Please, please, can you listen to me? He said, what? Don't go there. They're going to kill you. And Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. For you seek the things of men and not of God. Out of love and compassion and mercy, people can become the reason for you to give up your tender walk with the Lord in the midst of suffering and pain. It's up to you. Then, another reason, personal failure. Is there anyone here who never failed in life? In the life of David or Naomi or Peter, all these people, you can study. They were absolutely godly people who follow the Lord. But we as humans, we once in a while fail in life. And the enemy comes and says, you are finished. God is not going to love you. You did this, the ultimate sin, and now you better give up. But God is the, a master of allowing people to fail so he can make them better. I mean, if anybody could save Peter from denying Christ, Jesus could. Don't you think so? And what did Jesus say? Peter, I prayed for you, not that you will not deny me. Not that you will keep yourself from falling in sin. I prayed that when all that happens, your faith will not fail. That your understanding of my love and my forgiveness that I have forgiven you, it's all gone and past. I hope you will not fail understanding that. That's exactly what happened. When Jesus comes and talks to him, he never asked, what a stupid, goofy guy you are. He didn't ask one question. He said, all I ask you, do you love me? That means, Peter, it's all in the past. It's all gone. I don't even think about what happened. You see, the enemy uses our personal failures. I do not know very many people sitting here who can say, no, I never did anything wrong. And Jesus said, so who among us can say, I am pure and holy, never sinned? 
not before God. So, what is our answer? Not letting the enemy beat you up and say, devil, get lost. I'm forgiven, I'm cleansed, I'm righteous. Well, that is K.P. Yohannan with the message, Overcoming Discouragement. We'll return to this topic shortly, but first, an update about the work of GFA in Asia during the COVID-19 pandemic. Here's GFA Vice President Danny Yohannan with these words about the reality of needs in Asia. The reality is, for many of us, it has kind of brought us down to the same level where uh, what is most important is our basic needs um, and not all the entertainment and not all the things that we have concerned ourselves for many, many years, which really have no uh, bearing or relevance on the reality of life or eternity. And I think when you boil it down to that understanding, that is the reality of many people who live in the villages and the slums. They are, they are barely just making it, trying to get by where their next meal will come from. And so they live, they literally live day by day, uh, just struggling through life. And so what's, what's most concerning is not the living conditions. Oh, they live in slums. Oh, there's sewage running down the street. You know, oh, they're so poor. They only make a certain amount of money. It is that on top of the, you know, dire situation of just trying to survive merely through life, you have this helplessness and this hopelessness of having no purpose in life, not knowing that there's a Savior that loves you. I mean, we just celebrated Holy Week, and we just celebrated Easter, and, you know, half the world doesn't even know that exists. They don't know what Easter is. They don't know what Christmas is. They don't know who Jesus is. We'll hear more from Danny Yohannan, Vice President of GFA, at the conclusion of our message. But now, let's return to our teaching, Overcoming Discouragement on the Road to Reality. Well, some of the results of discouragement, one is self-pity. I think we all go through this. You're asking me, it's one of my biggest problems. You ask, why me? Why I must deal with it? Didn't I do the right thing? Didn't I give my best? And then it turned inward. I'm hopeless, I'm not good, I'm failure, I'm not worth it, and I better could. And basically, the same thing in the scripture, just lay down and die. We feel so hopeless. And self-pity basically is one of the best ways the enemy actually paralyzes. And number two, the result of discouragement is anger. One of the more renowned psychologists, Dr. Oster said, when the people are suffering with discouragement and depression, actually in the end it turned into anger. Anger toward someone or people that they believed they will be loved and supported, understand them. And ultimately, they are disappointed and they get angry. And anger slowly turns into bitterness. That's what happened to Jonah. He was fully expecting God to come through. And then Jonah says, I am angry and I have a reason for it. You read it. Then, another thing as a result of discouragement is shift blame. We keep blaming. Yeah, I'm discouraged because of my husband or wife or him or that, my leader or 
whatever, or somebody else did it. They gossiped about me and uh, whatever else. But we forget we have a choice to make. In psychology, it is called stimulus and response. And usually human beings, when something happens, a stimuli, instantaneously there's a response. But for the people of God, there's a space between stimuli and response. You can pause and say, what is it my God is trying to do? How must I respond to this? Is this biblical? What is my instruction? What is my example? So what do you do? There are certain principles. One, even though God is silent, no immediate answer, please know God is working behind the scene. Job had no clue, but God was working behind the scene. Joseph had no clue sitting in prison for 13 years, but God was working behind the scene. Moses, 40 years taking care of dumb sheep, but God was working behind the scene. And Jesus forsaken, my God, my God, why? But God was there. Remember that. Never alienate yourself from the incredible sovereignty of God watching over you. Number two, talk to God. Don't stop talking to him. Job did it. Jeremiah did it. And Jeremiah was more honest. I don't understand God. You deceived me. Talk to him. He will listen. Don't think he's not listening. Never stop praying. Never stop talking to him. Number three, Romans 8, 28, 29. All things work together for good. The good things, the bad things, the evil things, the good people, the bad people, everything. God allows these things for a purpose. There's no way Joseph could be the prime minister for 43 years without the 13 years of incredible discouragement and trials and loneliness. The purposes of God is not limited with our timeline. And number four, claim the promises of God and praise him. And in the end, you'll find this in the life of Jeremiah. 20 years of preaching, not one convert, but he will come to the reconciliation. God is God. And God did what he promised to do through everything Jeremiah prophesied. He may not see it in his lifetime or understand it, but then time can only be interpreted with meaning when it is done through eternal perspective. Then, number five, rebuke the demons that are after you and after me. Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. The Lord has not given us the spirit of fear or anxiety. And you can talk to the demons. And I hope more and more you people learn how, how to talk to the demons. It's very simple. Like you talk to anyone, you know. In the name of Jesus, through the blood and the word, and then you turn your face and say, Devil, you have no room in my mind, in my emotions, and I know my God is real, and I ask you to get out of here. In my name, you will cast out demons, and you can do that. I can tell you real stories that I had deal with. I talked to demons, and it worked. If you have not done it, try that. Next time you are discouraged, depressed, you want to kill yourself, and you're angry and upset, and you face with things that you don't know what to do. You know, remember, basically you are not dealing with flesh and blood. And take the name of Christ and the word, and then you talk to the demons. You'll be surprised how it works. 
You are not possessed by demons, but the demons have the ability to influence your mind. They're scratching over your brain, you know, poking and trying to find a hole to put some thoughts inside you. And you take the shield of faith and God's word and resist the devil and he will flee. Not walk, he will flee. And you'll be surprised. Good night. Wow, all that agony I was living with, whatever happened. Then, number six, seek fellowship. America, these people that we are dealing with here, generally, it is an extremely isolated society. From the little kids that are born, it's my toy. It's your toy. Don't touch mine. This is my robe. See, this is not how God made us, especially the people of God. You cannot go and tell everybody everything. But C.S. Lewis said this, the number one thing enemy can do is isolate you in your own private world, then he wipe you out. You have brothers and sisters here that you came to know. But don't gravitate towards someone who's a worldly person who will counsel you to be worldly and compromise. No, go to people who have a humble, broken walk with God. Sisters and brothers, they will guide you. People who tell you everything is okay, you are okay, no problem, this and that, don't listen to them. Walk with God is always narrow road. And that's what you want to keep in mind. So, keep your heart open. Now, coming to the close of an application. Adversity, discouragement, problems we face is a classroom in which God makes us to become like his son. And Jesus faces. Therefore, see God's hand beyond the problems or discouragement that you are dealing with and circumstances. Number two, all God's people, those loved by the Father, pleased God, went through deep pain and discouragement. This is part of life. Yet God uses it to change us from the inside to be used for his noble purpose. The greater his call, the greater the suffering. John Wesley, David Livingston, Charles Spurgeon, Adoniram Judson. There are so many stories. Amy Carmichael. They all had to face this. And so I conclude the main thing is look and see what God is doing. So many wonderful things. With those words, we bring to a close our time of teaching on the road to reality. We've reserved time for another update from GFA Vice President Danny Yohannan about the situation in Asia in light of the COVID crisis. On top of all the suffering and difficulties, you know, each of these countries are trying to make the best decisions they can with what they what they got. And, uh, you know, places like India, you know, I applaud Prime Minister Modi for his efforts to really curb this, this incredible, um, you know, enemy of, of humanity, which, you know, people are either over-exaggerating it or they're under-exaggerating it. Mm-hmm. And the reality is it's something that is extremely contagious. I was talking to uh, my brother-in-law, who's a doctor, and I know people compare this to the normal common flu, and granted, flu kills a lot of people every single year globally. Um, so does malaria. Malaria is one of the largest you know, uh, killers every single year, mm-hmm. and we have to deal with some of those things um, ourselves. But this is the reality, is many places in Asia never deal with flu. 
Here's how you can make a contribution and find out more about what GFA is doing in Asia right now and how you can help. Listeners in the U.S. should call 866-946-2742. In Canada, call 888-946-2742 to find out what GFA is doing in Asia to assist during this COVID-19 crisis in Asia. The website for our Canadian friends, roadtoreality.ca. For those in the U.S., go to roadtoreality.org. Thank you for joining us today on The Road to Reality. This program is presented by GFA. GFA.